Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Area Round Playoff Edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Kenny Heath. And Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Uh, what a cool little first round we had. Had some close games, had some big upsets, had some blowouts. I'm ready to get to it. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Look at the recap from the by district round last week. Uh, first of the games we were keeping on last week, how about Italy defeating Crawford 27-18? to When was the last time Crawford was one and done in the playoffs? It's been a while. Yeah, you, you would like to say that this is kind of an upset, but, you know, it really wasn't. It's a two and three seed. We kind of knew Crawford was down. Italy gave out all they wanted mm-hmm. uh, in their district play so yeah you know you very rarely see Crawford go out in the first round and uh, this is the year that it happened yeah and then speaking of that Axtell team they were upset in the first round as well but you called this one Kenny I'll give you the props for it Valley Mills 29 Axtell 18 and we were just talking about it off air right before we started recording I mean Valley Mills is one of those cases that getting hot late in the season and kind of catching this long Longhorn team by surprise yeah it was a a rainy nasty you know night over there in McGregor uh you know talking to some people over at Axtell you know they just didn't it wasn't just one thing just you know they you know penalties turnovers uh, couldn't get the offense going. I think they only scored one offensive touchdown. Uh, and, you know, Valley Mills got hot at the right time. You know, there at mm-hmm. the end of the year, boy, they, they really got uh, hot. They played Marlin really tough. I think it was a one-score game. Uh, they got a really good wide receiver, a good quarterback, and a good running back over there at Valley Mills. And I really look for them to do some more damage in the playoffs. I think so, absolutely. And then another result from last week. How about this? Little River Academy in a game that we thought was a toss-up and it ended up playing out that way as the Bumblebees defeat number 6 Hitchcock, 42-36. What a showing there by the Bumblebees. Casey Mraz and Cavalli Neely both having big games for the Bumblebees. I mean, you want to call it an upset, but with with how Academy, how they kind of – with the, with the competition they had in that district and playing those teams like Lorena and Franklin really tough, I think that you know that got them battle-tested going into this playoff run, and they just knock off the number six team in the state. Yeah, and I picked Hitchcock in this game, but mm-hmm. you know, I think I said I would not be surprised if Little River wins this game, mm-hmm. and I watched it from whistle to whistle, and a great back-and-forth game. Uh, the Really, the one thing I like about Little River Academy is their quarterback – he just doesn't get phased. Mm-hmm. You can sack him for a 10-yard loss. He can he can run the ball 30 yards downfield. He acts exactly the same. He's worried about getting the next play in, getting his guys lined up and running another play. He is a really good quarterback, and he is really cool and calm and collective when it's time to uh, – when it's gut-wrenching time there. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just an amazing result to see. You know, when you look at that Hitchcock team, they're really talented. I think they won state back on seven seven on seven earlier in the year. And their only loss was to to the number one team in three division one, which happened to be in their district uh, in a Columbus. So a huge win for the Bumblebees. And who knows that gets set up for the third round, a rematch with Franklin. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, I think Step tweeted it out. You know, I mean, that's the difference between a football team and a team with a lot of talent. Yeah. There at the end, it got kind of chippy. A Hitchcock player ran over to the to the Little River Academy. And, you know, Hitchcock was driving to win. Uh-huh. And they fumbled inside their five, mm. you know. And uh, it was a great game. Got a little chippy. Uh, disappointed to see all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, congrats to Little River, man. That, that What a great win. Yeah, absolutely. And they got another big one this week against Dybul, which we'll dive, on, dive into later in the show. Now, moving up to Class 5A, Kind of a major upset here in my eyes, at least. Austin Crockett defeating University in Waco, nonetheless, 14-13. A very high-powered University offense that had been scoring almost 40 points per game held to 13 in a home playoff game. You hate to see that. Yeah, and I don't know a whole lot of detail on this game, but I was really surprised when I saw that score come across. I figured, you know, University would score, you know, was a three three score favorite there. yeah yeah and so they lose by one point at home against crockett now moving back down to class two a with another upset i would think cayuga 20 and riesel 14 i did not expect that one kenny no and you know we really like riesel going yeah. into this uh this playoffs you know the, the the quarterback gavin oliver his little brother's a really good player they're big up front they, mm-hmm. they're gonna grind it out play good defense and uh 
Looks like Cayuga had other plans for him, man, and they came back and, and popped him in the mouth and got the victory. And it kind of seemed like with the way the season had played out for Riesel, kind of similar to how it went last year, like kind of that team that kind of sneaks in a little bit, and then all of a sudden they go four rounds deep in the playoffs yeah. like last year. But like you said, Cayuga had other plans, and they have a matchup later on this week that we'll dive into with Toller. And then uh, that's another good thing to mention. We do have a couple guests on the show today. We'll have the Toller head football coach, Jeremy Mullins, and also the Lexington head football coach, uh, Kirk Mole, will join us on the show as well. And then uh, Parker Ream, we had him earlier on the year, uh, on the show earlier this year, so he'll be joining us as well. And then, of course, uh, in a moment, we'll have the Matt Step question of the week as well. But before we get into that, a game that you were at last Last week, TIG 29, West 27. This game was played at UMHB. Um, how did this game go? It looked like a knockdown drag out. Yeah, it was a really good game. TIG kind of got out to an early lead. Maybe I think it was a two-score lead there early, and uh, West fought back to get either tied up at halftime or close to tied up. And it kind of slowed down in the second half. Uh, you know, West scored to pull within two there at the end yeah. and uh, went for a two-point conversion, went for like a double reverse pass. Wet ball, kind of got fumbled mm-hmm. around, uh, wasn't a good throw. Uh, and then, you know, after after West kicks off uh, to Tig, Tig throws an incomplete pass. I don't know what they're doing throwing, but, you know, yeah. kind of put them in a bind. They end up converting a first down and were able to kneel it out. But really good game. Uh, West threw the ball a little better than I've seen them in the past in this game. And uh, that kind of worries me if you're a Tig fan going up against Winsboro next round because, you know, they're going to sling the ball around a lot and uh, – that ought to be a good kind of litmus test of where, mm-hmm. you know, we don't see Winsboro play their East Texas team. And, of course, we've seen TIG play. So, it'll be a, a kind of interesting to see how they stack up against each other. Yeah, that'll be a, a fun matchup that we'll look on to later in the show as well. Uh, but uh, from last week, TIG 29, West 27. And then uh, finally, a game that – you know, I had Waxahachie winning this one. They win twenty to nineteen at mid at Midway High School in Hewitt. Um, but I mean, again, when you look at the second half of the season for Midway, they were pretty much dead in the water. They started off zero and four, lost four of their first five games, or five of their first six games, and then they just rattle off, go four and one in district, earn the number one seed. And then just losing to a tough Waxahachie team that, again, Waxahachie's only two losses in the regular season were to DeSoto and Duncanville. So they were pretty battle-tested. Yeah. And then just midway, just with you know Coach Martinez stepping in halfway during the season and uh, all those guys, all the guys kind of rallying around that, you know, midseason change. And they went... They went pretty crazy. Again, we went 4-1 four, four and one, uh, in district play to get that top seed, but heartbreaking loss there to lose by one at home. Yeah, I really wanted Midway to win. Didn't yeah. really, you know, didn't know. I, mean, I knew Box Hatch was going to be a tough tough test for them. But, you know, maybe the, the, uh, the, the younger guys use this for kind of a, uh, I think so. a building block and, and get experience and come back stronger next year. I'll say this. They need to bring Coach Martinez back and take that interim tag off you know, next that's year. A, that's a premier job in Central Texas. I agree. At one time it was. You know, Temple, Midway, as far as the big school jobs, I mean, that was that's a, you know, we're not too far away from, you know, Midway being regional finalists and quarter, state quarter uh, semifinalists. So that's a big job. I think Coach Martinez did a great job, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Yeah, and then – on top of that, the four teams out of District 12 6A that we've covered all season long all got swept. I mean, and when you look at the teams that are lined up with, you know, you could have kind of expected that. You look at Pflugerville Weiss, they played Cedar Hill and that, then got drummed 62 nothing. And I think Hutto had Duncanville and Harker Heights for the eighth time had DeSoto in the first round. So District 12 6A all swept in the first yeah. round, but it's just. It's just tough with those first-round matchups, too. Uh, they're looking too. forward to that realignment, seeing things kind of so. change up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Give but that's that's kind of our recap from the bi-district round. A lot of great games, just the ones that really caught our eyes. But let's just go ahead and jump into our Matt Step question of the week. And the question for Matt Step was, with a few surprises in 6A and 5A, pretty much chalk in 4A, some close games and blowouts in 3A, and a couple of upsets in 2A, what caught your eye most in the Central Texas area in the bi-district round. Uh, Matt Seb's answer was, surprised that Weiss got totally blown out by Cedar Hill. A a total stunner there. Great win for Little River Academy over Hitchcock and then Valley Mills putting the upset over Axtell. And then, again, great, great three examples there by Matt Seb. And I think... 
when you look at that Cedar Hill Weiss result, I am especially surprised. I've seen Cedar Hill play twice this year, and they were down to their third string quarterback. One of their sophomores, who is one of the starting receivers, kind of got thrown in there. But it seems like the two times I saw them earlier in the season, you know, they kind of had tough opponents. I saw their first two games when they played Rockwall, and then they got drummed there. Rockwall still probably one of the region favorites over in their region in Class 6A. Uh, but Allen might have something to say about yeah. that. And then you look at Week 2, they played South Lake Carroll at home. So that's kind of a tough ass there as well. But it looks like they've kind of hit their stride going through that. G- and again, like we saw the Waxahachie, kind of that – gauntlet of a district with DeSoto, Duncanville, and all those guys. Seems like they came tougher on the other side, and they've seen the best that the state of Texas has to offer. But still, that was a really good Weiss team that they went out went out there and blew out 62 to nothing. But, I mean, despite all that, still a really surprising result there. Yeah, that, that was an eyebrow raiser for sure, and uh, thought that Weiss would probably be the one team to get, get a win in that out of that district in the first round just didn't happen yeah and then again district 12 6a swept across the board so all the 6a central texas teams that we cover are out of the playoffs so we pretty much have a couple 5a teams and then down lake belton got eliminated by denton ryan last week as well that's another result uh red oak had a close game with burleson centennial 35 32 that was a good game as well uh so we'll keep an eye on that uh later on in the show but before we dive in to our uh, area round preview for the second time this season parker ream of kwkt fox 44 in waco will join us for his breakdown of the area round here in central texas Okay, I'm here with Parker Ream, news reporter for uh, Fox 44 here in Waco. Parker, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Hey, pretty good first round uh, of games we had last week. Uh, we had some upsets and we, uh, you know, uh, some close games, had some blowouts. What, what kind of stuck out to you in that first round? Uh, well, the upset that pretty much everybody um, didn't, I guess – didn't expect, but some people were saying they expected was Little River Academy. I mean, what what an upset against uh, uh, really just taking down one of the best teams in the state and uh, proving that their nucleus of just sophomore talent is really going to go far in these next couple of years, but they're proving right now that they can win, and that district, I mean, uh, with, with Lorena and all of them, it's it's probably one of the best in the state like it is year in and year out. Yeah, uh, man, and I watched that game on TV, and uh, Casey Mraz, the way he plays quarterback, the way he is – Calm, cool, and collected. No matter if he if he got sacked for a ten yard loss, he gets up and runs a play just like it would if he got a ten yard gain. He, he's a really good quarterback. I like watching him play. Yeah, yeah and then you have Kavali Neely too, who's the the running back for Little River Academy, and, and just so many playmakers on that team. Uh, I actually haven't been able to make it out to uh, another one of those games. I think I covered them week one, and it's just been so tough. To uh, to get out there, but might need to might need to make that happen. Yeah, that's a definitely a good ball club. Another upset that I think is kind of in the same situation that you probably wouldn't predict it, but I didn't feel good about about uh, Axel playing Valley Mills in that first round because you know Valley Mills has gotten really hot. They've gotten they're really getting better as the year went on, and uh, you know put put it with a sloppy you know wet field out there and the way they like to run the ball. I just didn't. I didn't feel good about that uh, matchup with Axel. Yeah, and I talked to Craig Horn, uh, Axel's head coach, before that game. And, you know, the Longhorns entered 10-0, district champions, just kind of a, a perfect season. And they said, you know, we're not the type of team that's just going to go out there and, and win, like the Marts or maybe Chilton. But it's they're the type of team that if they go out there and don't play, you know, how they've been playing these past 10 games, they're going to get beat because Valley Mills, they are not the same team that you've seen over the past couple of years. And I think Bob Featherson and company really proved that. Uh, But I think that was probably at least in central Texas or around, you know, the Waco-ish area. That was a huge upset in, uh, in the first round. Yeah, and sticking with that region, uh, too, and, you know, 
Riesel getting beat by Cayuga. Uh, Italy pulling, you know, I don't know what you, we really expected the Italy-Crawford game, but Italy getting the win over there. Kind of flipped that side of the bracket upside down. And of course, Toler is probably, you know, the favorite in that region, but it does – it's going to be interesting going forward with some, some good matchups. And, and you kind of look at that region. I mean, Crawford, Italy, that Italy's a good football team, and, and there's no denying that. But I think Crawford is kind of sitting on that on that down year. We, we yeah. knew that the Pirates weren't what they were last season, and I think, you know, Craig Jacobs knew that as well. It's a younger team kind of trying to find their identity. So that makes sense. Um, but definitely weird to see the Crawford Pirates out in the first round. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, didn't I don't consider that an upset because you knew it definitely was a possibility, but it is strange seeing them. And then you get up to 4A and everything's pretty much kind of worked out like we thought it would, uh, you know, with the, uh, the local teams. And then, uh, you know, I was really surprised that uh, University uh, got beaten that first round. I, I kind of looked at them as a pretty good favorite in that game. Well, two uh, Waco teams bowed out in the first round with University and Midway both yeah. losing by a point. And, and Midway, I, I did want to talk about that game a little bit because yeah. they, they looked like they were going to win that game virtually the entire game. And it just it's, it's a tough loss for a team that really hasn't been had much success or even been in the playoffs uh, recently. And you know, bowing out in the first round, like what a great turnaround for Ezra Martinez in that in that department, and really hope that they could keep that going in years to come. All right, well, let's look look forward to uh, this coming week. You know, there, there seems like you know Thursday night you got a Dawson Tenahaw game, which that'll be interesting. And uh, what games kind of uh, pique your interest for this uh, the second round? Well, uh, Thursday I'll be going out to. Stephenville, but really the game's held at oh, because they're yeah. working on their field. But yeah, Marlin. Uh, Marlin taking on Coleman, and yeah, the the success that Ruben Torres has had over at Marlin, at least in the early rounds of the playoffs, is unmatched. I mean, it's kind of comparable, not comparable to Mark, but you know, definitely up there in terms of the best in two A football. So. Uh, I think it's just about how can they take that next step because you, last year they get to Toler and they get dominated over at Crowley ISD. That one kind of left a sour taste in their mouth. So can they go multiple rounds deep and possibly make it to a possible matchup with Mark uh, is is really the question. So I'm, I'm interested for that one. Um, Holland's another one, 11-0. You know, this might be the year for Brad Talbert and and the Hornets. I, I think that is uh, kind of the feeling that they have, is they've just kind of quietly, under the radar, you know, built up one of these teams that could compete in 2A football, which we haven't seen recently. Um, but yeah, plenty plenty of other matchups other than, other than 2A. Yeah, and then, you know, a couple of local teams, three uh, A teams going out east. Uh, well, Grandview. Well, Grandview's really not in your area, but you know you got Whitney going to Tatum, uh, playing Tatum. You got Tig, a really good top ten Winsboro team. I'm going to be interested in that Tig uh, Winsboro uh, game just to kind of gauge where uh, Winsboro's at. If you know going forward in that bracket. I think, honestly, it, it interests me to see where Tig's at, too. It, are they the type of team right now that's going to pull off such a big upset? Because last week against West, I was at that game as well, and it just showed kind of their resilience to stave off a West run. And, and like we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, this, is, this West team, despite maybe being down a little bit from where they were a season ago, they're still a really quality team and I think it, it kind of showed that Teague is a different team as well so could they be the one this week in 3A football like Little River Academy to maybe pull one of those top 10 upsets I don't know but uh, but talking about Whitney just beating the brakes off of Grosbeck uh, what, a, what a performance by them I mean there's just so many playmakers on that team and I think you know David Haynes the third talks about 
putting Whitney on the map and making sure that people know that Whitney can contend with the best of them. This might be the chance to do so, uh, going more than two rounds deep. I think that that would be the first time they've won an area championship at least in the past three years, if I'm not mistaken. You probably know better than me. Yeah, well, they've got one. Uh, twenty nineteen last. They went three rounds in twenty nineteen. Is a yeah. So last been. last three years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited for that one as well. Uh, if you look at four A football too, Gatesville's another good one. Gatesville, honestly, I'm, if if I'm being honest, I don't know that I expected them. Uh, to be in this position right now in an area looking for an area championship but they've really kind of turned it around in the late season and the reason I didn't expect them is because they kind of had a slow start to the regular season but now here they are in the area championship playing their best football but they got a tough ta- task against Silsby yeah, it, yeah, that's a that's a really good Sealsby team and then you know China Springs got Anna, another good team, that's going to be a good matchup Uh they're going to be in Joshua Friday night. Yeah, and I'll be there with them Friday night for that one. I think everybody in, in Central Texas will be. Uh, that's that's obviously the premier matchup of the week. Two top ten teams playing virtually every year, but they played last year. It's a rematch. Uh, and China Spring came away with that one and then ended up going to their second straight state championship and winning that one. So... I think it's a great matchup. It's going to be difficult for this China Spring team to stop Anna, and I think that's where you got to look is the defensive side of the ball because the Cougars are not what they were last year defensively. Tyler Beatty will tell you that. But offensively, they still have Cash McCall. They still have those weapons. Can they just get a few stops and then let the offense do what they need to do is the, is the question. Yeah, I, I would – I mean, the over/under on that game is <laughs> somewhere probably around a hundred. I would imagine fifty at <laughs> least, uh, maybe sixty. Then you got two more. Let's talk about two more four A games. You got a uh, Colleen Jasper playing up at Palestine. Jasper's a quality team. I'm really interested if Colley can kind of get over this hump. You know, they're usually a two round team and, and they're done uh, with all the talent you kind of expect them maybe to, to make a little bit of noise this year and get three or four rounds deep even though that's a tough region they're in yeah it is it is a tough region and I think with Connolly like you said getting over that hump is is really the main goal for Terry Garrick and, and that and company but you just have to look at the help I think of, of their guys Kobe Black's been dealing with some stuff towards the late season he was dealing some stuff against Madisonville uh, when they won the district championship and, and Kiefer Seebley has has some issues there too but I think they're to full health I haven't I, I wasn't there last week so I, I couldn't tell you but um, if, if they are fully healthy that team offensively is one of the best in the state uh, in terms of offensive explosion I mean that they will put up 40 on you in the first half and not even blink an eye. So uh, I think they're primed to at least go two rounds deep, but the defensive side of the ball, I keep, I, I feel like a broken record for these teams in Central Texas. The defense <laughs> will win you championships, yeah. and you need to kind of step that up in the playoffs. That's something we really haven't seen from Connolly, so I hope to see that kind of in these rounds to come. And then we got uh, Coach Don High taking his group, uh, the Vega Pirates, up to. They're playing in Frisco against Frisco Panther Creek, kind of an upstart program. I think you hit the nail on the head with the other programs. Their defense, you know, you usually expect a really tough defense from La Vega. It hasn't been that way this year, but they can score some points. Yeah, they can score some points. That's what made the China Spring La Vega game so interesting, was it was just like, no one's stopping these two offenses and and that's just a product of what Don Hyde has done kind of adapting and adjusting to the times but like you like you said it's going to be defense that's going to win this game for La Vega if they want to pull the upset once again but nonetheless what what a turnaround for La Vega and really just to put themselves I mean they were they were maybe a minute away from beating China Spring on China Springs home turn. Yeah, so this is a team that can 
win big games. They are technically a top 10 team, top 10 caliber team. Absolutely. I agree. All right, Parker, man, we appreciate you uh, hopping on here, and uh, let's get you on. Hopefully we got a few teams headed to state this year, and we can talk about it again. Yes, sir. Sounds good. And that was Parker Ream of KWKT Channel 44 in Waco. Thanks again to Parker uh, for joining us on the show today, the second time he's joined us this season. Great insight by Parker, as always. Now let's go ahead and jump into our week, our playoff week two area round preview. Let's start Thursday night at Bruce Field in uh, Athens, Texas. As the Dawson Bulldogs take on the Tenaha Tigers, both teams nine and two on the season. And again, we're going to do this like last week. We picked out six or seven games that we're going to go like more heavily in depth on, and then we'll just touch on every single game. So this this game we didn't get do heavy research for, but we will touch on it. Dawson nine and two, Tenaha nine and two. Um, who do you have in this one, Kenny? Well, you know, Tenaha's perennial uh, really good football team. And, yep. and you know, they and they've won been, six straight. Yeah, been down, uh, you know, used to them making the championship or the, or the semifinals just about every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to go Dawson on this. And you know yeah. what? I'm going to go Dawson. I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the underdog and go with Dawson. Yeah. I mean, you look at Dawson when they played Mart, they lost by 18, which is a lot closer than a lot of a lot of teams played them so they played them pretty tough especially on the road as well and they've overall i think they've played pretty tough competition as well you look at uh Jewett leon that's a that's a 3a school that's usually a first round playoff team got kearns as well axtel uh only lost to axtel by two a 10 win axtel team so i mean dawson's battle tested themselves and you look at the side for Tenaha. And uh, they played a couple tough teams as well with West Sabine, San Augustine, San Augustine, a three or four round deep staple in Class 2A Division Two, and Joaquin, a really good team as well. And they kind of ran through that district. They were the undefeated district champions. And they they played a team like Price Carlisle, who went four rounds deep last year, Alto, Mount Enterprise, a lot of good teams. And Overton, which I believe is a team that has Mart this week. Um, it's either them or Olney, I can't remember, but uh, – Tenahaw, Dawson. I think this is a coin flip type game here. I'm going to take Dawson in this one as well. And then uh, this game will also be played Thursday night. Uh, we believe nine and two Coleman taking on nine and two Marlin. Coleman beat Alvord last Thursday night, forty-seven to seven. Marlin beat Kearns last Thursday, thirty-six to seven. I think there's another toss-up game here, Kenny. Yeah, you know Coleman's got Jaden Jackson, kind of their do-it-all kid. I think he played a lot of quarterback last year. He's a really dynamic at- athlete. Then you get the Marlin with Mario Hopwood, their running back, and Roderick Suiters, their quarterback. I think Marlin's hot, and I think Marlin's prime for a little bit of a run here. And I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs here as well. I think, again, both teams are battle-tested. Uh, I mean, Coleman, their one big loss on the year was to Toller, 43 nothing, probably the favorite. And I think the winner of this game will probably meet Toller in the region final in week four. So that's just something to keep on as yeah. well. And then Marlin – they're, they have two losses on paper, but their first loss was the forfeit loss in week one uh, to Itasca. And then week two, they played the number one team in 2A Division two, Mart, and lost 48-8. to eight. But again, who hasn't this yeah. year? So, But ever since then, they've run off nine straight victories, including tough wins over Riesel, Crawford, and the like. And I just think overall with the, their – you know, the strength of their schedule. I think Marlon has the slight advantage here, and I think they're going to win this one as well. And then also our last Thursday night game here on the preview, we have 9-2 and two Pottsboro taking on 10-1 and one Grandview, a rematch of the 2019 3A Division One state championship game. Uh, what do you see in this one, Kenny? Well, I see – Pottsboro is going to come in and run Major McBride about 35 to 40 times a game. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's really kind of, from what I've seen, the, the only offense that they, they have, they lost that quarterback and the, mm-hmm. and the wide receivers they had last year. And I just don't think that's enough to be the team like Grandview. I think Grandview is going to play really good defense. Yep. Uh, I know they've got a good pass defense. You know, Jaleel Allen's a pretty much a shutdown corner if there is one out there in 3A. Uh, I think Casey Cannon is a really good running back. Uh, I think they've got other uh, weapons on offense. So I'm going to go with the, the Zebras in this one. I'm going to take Grandview at home. Or at home. The, they, they will be the home team, but this game will be played uh, at Mesquite Memorial Stadium, I believe. So uh, we'll both take Grandview in this one. And then again, Grandview winning into the third round. That likely sets up a rematch with Malakoff. And this would be 
what the fifth or sixth time they've played each other twice in the same season. Yeah. It just seems like neither they know the, each other well. Yeah, it just seems like they can't avoid each other. And I think you'll you'll expect a different game because I think Granby's a better team than the second game mm-hmm. of the year. And yeah. in our preview, Coach Ebner said that he's like, "Hey, we're young." And mm-hmm. we're going to get better and better as the season yep. goes on. I think he was right. And he had a good quality win over Whitney uh, and West. And he's just going to – I think it's going to be a different team that uh, Malakoff saw in week two. And it's hard to beat a good team twice. So, that will be a, an awesome matchup to see if it does pan out here. But we will both take Grandview over Pottsboro Thursday night in Mesquite. And then now staying in Class 3 Division One, we have 9-2 and two Little River Academy taking on the 9-2 and two Diebel Lumberjacks. Again, Cat- Academy coming off uh, their win against number 6 Hitchcock last Thursday, 42-20. 26 Diebel with a dominant win over Buna last Friday 48 to 20 um I think Academy rolls here Kenny I think that first round matchup was kind of the kind of the glass ceiling they needed to break through to secure that rematch with Franklin I think they roll here yeah I think they're just hot right now and and Mm -hmm. they got a taste of blood by knocking off Hitchcock a team that you know they were underdogs in that game and uh, I think Casey Mraz and Cavalli Neely that big offensive line up front and that aggressive defense, I think they're going to cruise in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And then now moving down to Class 2A, we have Heiko taking on Lovelady. Heiko coming in at 8-3, and Lovelady at 11-0. and And Lovelady in that 11-0 stretch has been absolutely dominant. You look at some of their wins, Sabine Pass 64-7, Colmes nil 51 nothing, And some of their tougher competition, Iola, which is a 3A team, they beat them 55-12. So um, Lovelady really battle hardened they've played a lot of good and another team grapeland which is a, a playoff staple in class 2a division 2 they beat them by 10 so and then they beat price carlisle in the first round as well 30 to 14 a team that went four rounds deep last year uh, i think unfortunately we haven't talked about Heiko much this season but they've quietly put up a solid eight and three season uh, but i think this is the end of the road for them here yeah i'm gonna go lovely so we'll take love lady across the board here and then how about a surprise matchup here? A team that we're kind of familiar with as Whitney was in their district a few years ago. Palestine Westwood at 9-2 and two, taking on the Lorena Leopards. This game will be played Friday night at Corsicana Stadium at 7 o'clock. Uh, Palestine, kind of a magic season. They don't they don't you know appear very much in the playoffs, but they have a very talented team across the board. They're a really good, you know, ru- a really good rushing attack they have offensively with a solid defense. They have some solid wins as well. Uh, over Shepard, which is a team that's playing uh, Franklin in the second round this week. Uh, they beat a really good East Chambers team last week by 21 points, a, a 3A Division One staple. But uh, Lorena, I mean, they've faced the best of the best that Class 3A Division One has to offer. I think it'll be close for a while, but I think Lorena kind of pulls away and makes it a 10-14 to 14 point win here. Yeah, uh, hey, kudos to Palestine West. They yeah. kind of got tucked away in that deep East Texas. Yep. District, you know, we're used to seeing them up there with uh, Kemp and uh, Eustace and Malakoff and all that. But yeah, I'm going to go Lorena. Take Lorena across the board here, and then we have uh, Perryton taking on the Glen Rose Tigers. This game will be played Friday night at Iowa Park High School. Uh, Perryton coming in four and seven. Glen Rose, the champions of their district, at seven and four. I think Glen Rose rolls here. And also, just want to mention uh, again, Kurt, as the whole episode is kind of, kind of, kind of just like a pseudo pick'em throughout the game. Curtis Quillen, uh, former director at KCN Channel Six in Waco, is joining us for the pick'ems as well. Uh, let's catch him up to speed. What, what are Curtis's picks for the games we've already mentioned? He's got Tenaha over Dawson, Pottsboro over the Zebras, Little River over Dieball, Love Lady over. Heiko and Lorena over Palestine Westwood. Okay, and then now we are at Perryton at Glen Rose. I'll take Glen Rose here. Yeah, I got Glen Rose too. So we got Glen Rose across the board. And Curtis has Glen Rose. And then uh, one of the aforementioned matchups that we just talked about, we have Franklin taking on Shepard. This going to be played Friday night at Willis Stadium, home of the Wildcats with a K, as uh, – I think Franklin rolls here again. Yeah, we all got Franklin. I mean, Shepard six and five. Kind of got an uh, upset win at uh, against Kirbyville last week, forty-two to twenty-eight, uh, getting the win there as the lower seed. But uh, Franklin, just that—that's the team that they are. They're just going to roll into the third round, possibly with a rematch against Little River Academy, and then also. As we stay in Class Three A, moving down to Division Two, we have the Lexington Eagles 
at eight and three, taking on the Odom Owls, also with eight wins, eight and two overall record. But before we dive into this one, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Lexington Eagles, Kirk Mole, and here's Kenny's interview with Coach Mole. Okay, I'm here with Coach uh, Kirk Mole, the athletic director, head football coach of the Lexington Eagles. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Hey, Coach. So you've had a pretty good season. Uh, probably. A little disappointed you didn't get that district title, but, you know, things happen. Uh, you come out in that first-round win against uh, Bowling, 14-7. to How are you feeling about that game? I feel, I feel good about it uh, because, you know, I'm, we're kind of old school, or I am, and you got I think you got to win with defense in the playoffs, and you got to play good defense in the playoffs. And I thought we played really good defense the other night um, against them, and um, – I thought our kids played hard, and kind of the first time all year that all three phases of the game, uh, you know, really helped us to win a football game. And coach, and we talked about it just a while ago before uh, we hit record. You know, you got a really young football team. You know, your, your Case Evans is a sophomore; he started as a freshman, and then you go down the list of your stats, and it's a bunch of juniors and sophomores getting your uh, getting your yards for you. And what kind of learning curve and have you had to go through, and, and how have they gotten better over the over the season? Well, it's a big learning curve. Um, Everybody on the office, we, we had a bunch of returners. Of course, they were a bunch of sophomores last year, so they're juniors. But they are, uh, they're not playing the same positions. We had to move some kids around just to make things you know, a little bit better. But Case is really the only one that's returning in his position. So on, on, uh, on offense, we don't have any seniors. Uh, so it's just a lot of timing issues, and you know we've been inconsistent this year. And it's not—it's not like you can go say, okay, it's the left guard, or it's the right tackle, or it's this receiver. You know, it's, it's this one—it's one kid on this play, and it's a different kid on this one play. But you know, you can see it when they when they put it together on the field. I mean, they—they—it it looks good. It goes right down the field. So it's all about being consistent, and that youth plays a huge role in it. And getting, you know, everybody talks about playoffs and winning the playoffs, but getting getting those extra weeks of practice during the play, playoffs really helps you for that next year. And so, you know, right now, that's that's what we're trying to do: is how many practices we can get in, and, and you know, how how long we can make this ride last. Okay, coach. Coming up this week, uh, you've got the Odom Owls. Uh, what do you expect now of those guys? Well, they're they're spread on offense, and their little quarterback can can chunk it. They got a good uh, their pass games, their time and passing game. So he does a good job of it, and they do a good job getting in and out of you know spread formation. So a lot of it's going to be us adjusting and being able to play in space. We're going to tackle well in space. Uh, they're one of the they're one of the uh, spreads that you know they're going to go. You're going to be a yard off the sideline with those receivers and really try to create some creases in there so we're going to be you know disciplined and be able to stop the run up front too uh, whenever they do spread it like that but and defensively they they base out of usually based out of a three-man front they won't get into four-man front on you so it's going to be a matter of being able to attack them uh in the air and you know our being a young team our team is we got to be able to throw the football uh, and space that field to open up some run games. So I think it's important this week that against them, that very thing is to make sure we stretch that field uh, vertically and horizontally. And coach, you know, I, I hate to bring it up. I mean, last year you went ten and zero, which is a heck of an achievement. And then you know you got beat in the first round, and they, they call it the dreaded ten and one. What does it mean, you know, this year? Even though you didn't go ten and zero, getting that first round win kind of this young team and and like you said uh you know getting these extra day of practice do you is it kind of like a little redeeming you know maybe not not monkey off your back because you've done well in the playoffs before but what does it mean this year to get through that first round and and, and go on well i didn't really realize it the other night until after the game and i just saw our kids and how ecstatic they were about winning that game you know last year it set hard with them and it set hard with me you know, that was just that was one of the worst losses I've ever taken as a coach. And you know, 
I preach. I preach. You know, I have a good, tough preseason, and you know, don't I don't care about my record. I want to. I want to win playoff games. So last year, you, know, you go ten and zero. That's all great, but we didn't win any playoff games. So for me, I mean, you know, everybody. I guess we'll go in ten and zero stuff like that's all good. But, it doesn't do me any good because I want to win playoff games, and that's what we want to be remembered for is being able to win in uh, November and December. And uh, so getting that first one this last week was big. Like a, we we gotten beaten by district playoffs the last two years, and before that we were on a streak of five straight years of playing on Thanksgiving. So it's been a couple of letdown years, and we got by that first round, and, and hopefully everybody will relax a little bit now and, and, uh, you know, kind of settle in and just, you know, start playing uh, a high-level football. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, good luck uh, Friday night. Safe travels down to Yoakum, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again this season. Yes, sir. Thank you. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Lexington Eagles, Coach Kirk Multhag is going to coach for joining us on the show today. Again, Lexington eight and three against Odom, eight and two. I think this is a coin flip game here, Kenny. Yeah, I got I got Lexington. Uh, I know they're really young, and we talked about it on the on the podcast. You know, all their you know the quarterbacks, a sophomore, started as a freshman, mm-hmm. uh, still going through a few growing pains. But you know, his running backs and wide receivers, they're all juniors and sophomores too. So this isn't going to do nothing but make these dudes better for next year. And, and I think they keep on playing uh, another week. I got Lexington. And, again, that was a gritty win they had last week. They played um, they played at Wilmer Hutchins, but they played bowling, and they won 14-7 to in that one. So kind of a gritty defensive win, showing that they can win on uh, multiple fronts. But I think that explosive Lexington offense with quarterback Case Evans is ready to explode here. Odom, they have a f- terrific offense in their own right, but their defense has given up some points. So I expect kind of a shoot em, or shoot up, shoot out type matchup here. I think it'll be like a 35-28 type game. But I'll take Lexington in this one as well. What says uh, Curtis Quillen? Uh, he's got the Eagles also. So we have Lexington across the board. Now we're moving back up to Class 5A as we have the 10-1 and 1, uh, Richmond Randall. I believe they are the Lions taking on the Belton Tigers. At also at 10 and 1, uh, Randall beat Fort Bend Marshall last Friday, 35-24, and then Belton beat Austin Travis last Thursday in a home playoff matchup, 61 to 6. I think this is another coin flip type game. Uh, who do you have in this one? I got Belton. I'm going to play Homer. I like the way they played that first round game, through, uh, put up a lot of points, and I look for them to play some more. So you look at Richmond Randall, their only loss was a 25-point loss to Montgomery Lake Creek, one of those brand-new schools uh, that is really talented. They're probably going to be a three- or four-round deep playoff team. And then you look they're, at – They're number two, I believe. Yeah, I think so. They've been dominant. I think – I don't know if this is their first or second UIL yeah. season, but either way, brand-new school, and they've been dominant so far. And then Belton's only loss was a 12-point loss at Leander Rouse, which was the third game of district play. And then ever since then, they've right off four straight wins including their playoff win against Austin Travis last week I'm going to take Belton in this one as well now let's move back down to class three division two we have comfort the Bobcats taking on the Rogers Eagles it's going to be played Friday night at Shelton Stadium in Buda Texas I think that's down the Houston area or the Austin area if I'm not mistaken uh who do you have in this one I'm gonna go Rogers I'm gonna go with coach Roten's group uh, I think he's got them playing some good football right now yeah absolutely I will take uh, the Rogers Eagles as well I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here but let's go to class 2a we have Tioga the Bulldogs taking on the Valley Mills Eagles. I think Valley Mills is one of the hotter teams in Central Texas right now. I'm going to take them to keep it rolling here. Yeah, they got a really good wide receiver in Brady Woodroom and uh, Papa Johnson, their running back, Jay Sean mm-hmm. Johnson, but they call him Papa. Uh, mm-hmm. Stout, quick, fast guy. Uh, they got really good quarterback play. So, yeah, I'm staying with Valley Mills. I think they're going to meet Marlin next round and be a rematch from district i think so as well and now let's go into class three division one again as we have the whitney wildcats and the tatum eagles wildcats at 10 and one taking on the uh, tatum eagles that are six and four on the season uh, they had their week three game against pittsburgh canceled so they only played nine regular season games and they had a dominant win over commerce last week 42 21 the wildcats had a defensive or a a dominant victory in their own right. Wasn't a whole lot of defense. No, there wasn't. 67-14 over Grosbeck, played last Saturday at Waco ISD. Um, And this is kind of a tough matchup for Tatum because – 
Uh, they lost their starting quarterback, Cole uh, Watson, the Louisiana Tech commit. I think it, I don't know if it was last week. I think it was the week before in their regular season finale uh, against Atlanta. They lost him, and it kinda, I think it was some injury to the knee maybe, and I'm not sure if it was a sprain or tear, whatever the case may be. Uh, but it's looking like he's not going to play in this one. And then Whitney has been dominant for – most of the season their only loss was an eight point loss at Grandview and one of those um that weekend where it was really stormy and they had to go Friday and Saturday uh I'm gonna take Whitney in this one yeah I, I you know even if the quarterback comes back from Tatum I don't think there's any way he's 100 I heard it was a sprained MCL mm-hmm. maybe wrong but even if they get that guy back which he was on the sidelines at the Louisiana Tech game last week with a brace on mm-hmm I just don't think he's going to be full force. Mm-hmm. And I think to be the team like Whitney, I think Tatum needs every gun they have a firing, one, you know, every piston 100%. And I think Whitney's defense can kind of limit that run game. Uh, I think Whitney's weaknesses in the secondary, I think they can stop the run mm-hmm. pretty well. So I, even though it's that tricked up flex bone or whatever mm-hmm. type of offense that is, and they're going to have to play assignment football, you know, you go – meet your guy it doesn't, doesn't matter who you th- if he's got the ball or not you go meet him uh i just think whitney's got too much firepower and now you know taylor may get their offense going and score 30 but i think whitney scores 40 or 50 you know i think yeah i think whitney has this one yeah i think so as well i think it'll be a probably like a 14 to 17 point victory for the wildcats again that game that game will be played friday night at king cade stadium over in Dallas and now uh, a class 2A matchup as the Chilton Pirates at 10 and 1 will take on, take on the 9 and 2 Agua Dulce Longhorns um, don't know much about this Agua Dulce team uh, this 2A division 2 team their two losses 18 to 14 to Freer which is a 3A team and then uh, a 28-20 loss to Santa Maria but ever since that they've rattled off eight straight victories including a 42 or 42-41 shootout victory against Center Point last week uh, who do you have in this one well, I don't know much about Agua Dulce either, yeah. but I do know a lot about Chilton and the Cyrus mm. and the Red Brothers, and they're phenomenal football yep. players. And I'm just not going to bet against those guys this early, so I got Chilton. Yeah, they're ten and one. Their only loss was a kind of a shocker, but a, a, to a good Granger team, seventeen to fourteen. They beat Bremont twenty eight twenty seven, and then they dominated in their first round matchup against Louise sixty three to twenty one. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Chilton Pirates in this one. What says uh, Curtis? He got Chilton, and so move on to the next game as we will stay in that same district we have Bremont taking on Sabinal the Yellow Jackets uh, Bremont coming to this one 8-3 and three, Sabinal at 5-5 five and five. give me Bremont here yeah Bremont across the board then uh, we'll move into our next game uh, we have Cayuga the team that beat Riesel last week uh, they're coming into this game 7-4 and four, and they are taking on the 10-1 and one Toller Rattlers but before we dive into this one again as we mentioned before Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Toller Rattlers Jeremy Mullins so here is Kenny's interview with Coach Mullins Okay, I'm here with Coach Mullins from uh, head football coach athletic director at the Toller for the Toller Rattlers Coach, how you doing today buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having us. Hey, man, and we just talked about it. We haven't had you on this week, but you guys kind of just been rolling right along. You know, you uh, played a private school uh, early in the season and uh, stumbled there. But as far as uh, pre- other pre-district and your district schedule, man, y'all just been rolling on. And uh, so my first question is two-part. Before we get into the games, uh, you were without Peyton Brown for the majority of your uh, season. So first – uh, tell us what it meant to you as a coach and to your coaches how your team stepped out, stepped up without your without your uh, your bell cow kind of running back guy. Sure, sure. You know, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't if I didn't say lo- losing that guy early in the year uh, certainly had you had you with some brought up some questions. You know, who who who's going to be? And, and we knew going into the year, and I, I think I've made this comment before that that Garrison Nation, a senior force. 
Uh, he took some, some reps at running back last year. What was going to be a good one-two punch going into the season. And so uh, it very quickly became more of a just a one-man punch with, with Garrison. And, and with that, Isaac Blessing, our quarterback, yes. uh, he's kind of like a running back uh, at, at quarterback. And so uh, we leaned on Isaac a lot this year as, as well with, with his legs. And, uh, man, you know, I, I think our kids, obviously nobody wants anyone to get injured. But, but uh, you know, I, I think they took it personal as well. There's no question that around the state, Peyton is known. Uh, he, had, he had a tremendous year as a sophomore and really good one as a freshman. He's a tremendous football player. Uh, but, but I think, you know, it's kind of like, oh, Toler lost their, their guy. You know, that bad times are coming. And so our, our kids, uh, uh, I think they kind of took that personal and, and, and certainly rallied around it and, and played well the last few weeks. Okay, and second part of the, of the question is, what does it mean to you and this team to get this guy back? huge right i mean there's no question if i have a choice of 40 sitting on the sideline without a helmet versus 40 on the field with a helmet which one i'm choosing right uh, so now nah, that that's huge you know he's, he's he's coming off of an injury and so it's not like you just turn on the light bulb and, and you're, you're back to 100 percent uh he's getting a little better every day though but no there's there's no there's no doubt that we're excited to have him back Okay, so first round, kind of cruise through a, a, a Trenton team, a four, you know, a classic one through four. You know, a lot of people gripe about these four teams making the playoffs because you're going to end up with some blowouts like that. I like the four team playoff because it gives gives me more stuff to talk about. Uh, so you get through Trenton. Now you got Cayuga, who kind of I don't know if it was an upset, but you know, you you really expect Crawford to be in the playoffs every year and go a couple of rounds deep. KU knocks them off. So, what are you expecting out of KU? Yeah, you know what? They actually beat Riesel. I'm sorry. Yes, Riesel. My bad. Yeah, Italy beat K, uh, Crawford. So, yeah. yeah. And Riesel is a really tough ball club. Kind of surprised there. Riesel's a good football team. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's any question that that, that probably raised some eyebrows this, this past week with, with KU beating those guys. And so, Coach McGee, they, he's, he, uh, he's been there for a little while. We actually played played them a couple of years ago in the playoffs and uh, they, they've got a few of those guys still on the team so they're, they're doing a good job you know they're, they're kind of a ground and pound football team that uh, you, you, you can look up and the first quarter's gone and they still have ball type type deal so uh, we, we you know we, we've got our hands full I think this week defensively of making sure we do a good job of, of getting them off track on, on offense and then they're playing with some confidence I would say going going into this week those those guys uh, they've got some athletes on the back end and at receiver and so uh, I think I think it poses some challenges for us that, that, that hopefully our guys are prepared for and ready to, to get after tomorrow night coach and, and we've talked about your region, region two, uh, and D one and two A D one. You know, like it or not, you, you've been the clear cut favorite. You know, probably since the the first scrimmage. You know, since the Dave Campbell's come out, going through injuries like you did. How do you keep your guys? level-headed you know you know you know I, I enjoy seeing the twitter the snake farm stuff i think that's awesome hopefully ray wiley hubbard will come out and watch a game one day uh but you know you've been a favorite you know my favorite in, in most people i know and so going into the playoffs uh, how do you you know keep your guys from taking these teams for granted that you're heavily favored over and, and keep them level-headed and go out there and play your game yeah you know that, that's a great question uh and I don't know that we've, we've perfected it in, in any way, uh, but but it's it's a it's a daily challenge I think in any in any locker room nowadays to to not you know not get caught up in what everyone's saying outside of this place, what you're seeing on on social media. You know, our our biggest thing is we want to be our best. Uh, every day and that you know getting a little bit better so man we just try to do our best on focusing on are we getting better today uh you know and and, and we certainly uh can't get caught up in, in looking down the road uh we you know I, I stole a couple of these type of things but but we 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 we, we talk about having earmuffs and blinders on you know and, and not not listening to, to all the noise or stuff around us and, and not not looking behind us or too far in front of us but but keeping our focus and our nose down on, on what's important right now in, in this moment and uh, you know, we, we know that with the goals that we have this year, that you can't have a you can't have an off week. You can't have a day where you didn't get any better. You can't have a game the way you didn't get any better. So every game's important. Every day's important uh, in, in the fact that we need to be better than we were the week before. Hey, Coach, we appreciate it. Hey, good luck uh, this week. Hope uh, y'all get over there and get a win and everybody's healthy and y'all have safe travels, and hopefully we'll have you on again. Sounds great. Sure appreciate you. 
And that was Kenny's interview with the head football coach of the Toller Rattlers, Jeremy Mullins. Let's jump right into this one, Kenny. Cayuga 7-4, Toller 10-1. Cayuga had an impressive first-round win against Risa last week. But this Toller team has been in a tear all season long, all without Peyton Brown. I think they're the, the clear-cut favorite to make it out of Region 2 here in Class 2A Division 1. And I think they're going to roll here. And keep an eye on a possible Region Final matchup with either Marlon or Coleman. I think either way, that would be an exciting matchup. Yeah, and just like in, in the interview, uh, Coach Mullins, you know, Garrison Nation, Isaac Blessing really stepped up in the absence of, of Peyton Brown. Now he's back, so now you have a three-headed yep. monster that – you know, I really like them to win it all. You know, I wouldn't be okay. ashamed if they, if they, you know, I don't have them pick that, but, you mm-hmm. know, it wouldn't surprise me if they cruise through the, the regional finals and the, and the state semifinals and get on uh, to Arlington. Yeah, absolutely. They've been dominant all season long, and their only loss was in pre-district to some kind of, I think it was like a Dallas Christian school or something like that, one of those private schools, and there's just not much to read there. But every other bit of competition they face, the other 10 games they've won, and they've won pretty handily. So, We'll all take Toller across the board in this one. Now let's move back up to Class 4A. The Salina Bobcats taking on the Alvarado Indians. Salina coming into this one at uh, 10-1 on the season. Alvarado at 7-4. and four. I think this is a really good Alvarado team, but they are. I think they're a year behind. I think Salina wins big here. Yeah, I, I'm going with Salina. You know, uh, Alvarado is a really quality team, but just mm-hmm. – think Salinas too much yeah absolutely and then uh staying in class 4a we have Stephenville taking on Dallas Carter this game will be played Friday night at 7 30 at Lumpkin Stadium in Waxahachie Dallas Carter coming in at eight and three uh Stephenville at nine and two I think just overall Stephenville's play the tougher competition here and they've been pretty dominant I always look back to that dominant win they had in Stephenville against China Spring uh 31 21 in that one uh give me give me the yellow jackets here yeah I got Stephenville, too. Yellow Jackets across the board. And then what might be the top matchup in Class 4A, the China Spring Cougars at 8-3, and three, taking on the Anna Coyotes at 10-1. and one. This game will be played Friday night at Joshua Owl Stadium, the alma mater of my dad. Shout out, Jerry Fox. Owl Stadium and Jerry and jerry and joshua i'm sorry jerry you have to go to joshua <laughs> i don't i don't know how often he listens to this <laughs> but the china spring and anna taking taking on each other at joshua who do you have in this one i got anna i just think yeah, okay. china springs defense just kind of giving up too many points and it's gonna come that's gonna bite you in the rear yeah and yeah i agree and anna's been dominant all season long uh it's just hard to uh it's although it is hard to pick against China Spring in the playoffs, especially this early in the playoffs, with how dominant they've been, you know, back to back state champions. Yeah, uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I just, yeah, I do I just too. got an idea that Anna may take it. But yeah, I think I think Anna will take this one as well. I think they uh when you look at this one China Spring, they beat Lake Worth 42-24, and that's been the thing with China Spring. They've given up a lot more points than they have the last two years. Then you look at Anna, they played Wilmer Hutchins last Thursday and won 17 to nothing. Kind of a defensive battle there. Um, but I think I think they match up really well. When you look at talent, playoff pedigree, and they're both battle-tested. When you look at China Spring, they've played Lorena. They've played Melissa. They've played Stephenville. And then you look at the other side for Anna. They've played Decatur. They've played Salina. They've played Paris. Although I think Anna does win here, I still think it's kind of a coin. I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I really do. Although it, for China Spring, they're going to want to turn this into a shootout if they want oh, to stay in it. it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. I mean, over under point score is probably going to be like 100. Yeah. First one to 60 probably wins this one. Yeah, and I – I know it sounds weird that we're both betting against China Spring in the second round, but I'm going to take China. Who do, or I'm sorry, I'm going to take Anna. And uh, it looks like Curtis is taking China in this one. Yep, he's got the, the Cougars. So China Spring 8-3, and three, Anna 8-1. and one. I'll take Anna. Kenny will take Anna. And then Curtis will take the China Spring Cougars. And then now uh, moving on to the next game, we have Gatesville. Taking on Silsby, Gatesville seven and four, uh, Silsby eleven and zero have been dominant all season long. Uh, yeah, give me Silsby here. 
Yeah, I just they're just too good. Yeah, and they have one of the best players in the state, if not the country, and Draylon Miller, uh, their receiver as well. So yeah, I think they'll be too much for Gatesville. Gatesville had a solid season. Uh, just uh, they started off one and two, and uh, they rattle off and uh, won the majority of the remaining games. Had a six point loss at Connolly, a tough matchup there, and kind of got blown out against Madisonville. Uh, and then got a close win against Robinson to close out the regular season, and then won a shootout, thirty four thirty one against. Good Gonzalez last week so yeah I'll take Silsby uh, to defeat the Gatesville Hornets as well and then staying in class 4a the Jasper Bulldogs at 7 and 4 taking on the Waco Connolly Cadets at 8 and 3 what do you see in this one Kenny I just think Connolly may just get over that hump this year I think so too I know they are coming off some injuries uh, like uh, Parker Reem said but if you've got Jamari Vincent, Kiefer Sibley, Kobe Black on your team. You're, I just don't know how they don't win this game. Uh, their defense is going to have to buckle up a little bit. But I just think they got too much firepower. I got Conley. Yeah, and this is a really good team. And I think although I think Jasper is a little better than the 7-4 and four, uh, record suggests. They played Franklin, lost by 15. And they lost to a, a darn good Hampshire Finette team, 31-28. And then they played Silsby in their regular season closer and lost by one point. So they're definitely battle-tested. And all these tough teams they played, they beat West Orange Stark by three points in district as well. So they've been really battle-tested. They got a 23-point win against Columbia last week. Connolly uh, have won five straight, and they've looked pretty good as well. They got a dominant 20 seven six wins against Giddings last week this one's tough to call man but you know I'm gonna take the Connolly cadets in this one as well so we have uh I have Connolly you have Connolly what says uh Curtis he's got Jasper he's got Jasper so then we will move on now to class 2a division two we have Overton taking on Mart this game will be played Friday night at Driscoll Stadium over in Crockett Mart big in this one yeah, Mart across the board. Mart across the board. And then one of the games we talked about at the top of the show, Tig, the Lions taking on Winsboro. Uh, again, I think Winsboro wins pretty big here. Yeah, I got Winnie. You got Winnie. Curtis has Tig. I like it. And then now, staying in Class 3 Division 1, we have 8-3 and three, Mount Vernon taking on 11-0 and 0, Malakoff. Mount Vernon defeated Gladewater last Friday, 49-7. Malakoff played last Thursday against Maypearl and came out on top 49 to nothing. Uh, the thing with Mount Vernon, they're playing their best football right now. Earlier in the season, I think... You know, when you got to replace guys like Mackenzie McGill and Braden Bennett and others, uh, there's a lot of you know, putting new guys into the same place and trying to figure out what works. Uh, they dropped th- uh, three of four in the middle of the season, but now they've won four straight. But I think they're going about to run into a buzzsaw. Malakoff has undoubtedly been the Region 2 favorite all season long, and I don't think they've done anything to challenge anyone's belief in that. They've held 10 of their 11 opponents to 14 points or less, the only outlier being Grandview where they give up 21 points. And they've done all that while scoring 53 points per game offensively. Yeah, Mike Jones and company, uh, defense is good. Their offense is good. Ch- uh, I think Chauncey Hogg. Uh, yeah, I just got caught. I don't think they're getting challenged until next round week. Round four, uh, yeah. Well, they got see. they got they might have Grandview again, yeah, well. and who knows? You know, you never know when those two teams play each other. But yeah, I think Malakoff wins big here too, and I think it does. I think with Grandview should be well, not should, but I think both of us are pretty confident in having them beating Pottsboro uh, on Thursday night. I think it'll set up a third-round matchup with Malakoff and Grandview, and who knows how that could go. I mean, it was a 30-point victory for Malakoff earlier in the year, but it's hard to beat a really good team like Grandview twice. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll take Malakoff. We have Malakoff across the board uh, in this one. And now a couple games left at Class 4A. We are. This is actually our last game on the preview. La Vega taking on Frisco Panther Creek. This will be played Friday night at the Star in Frisco, the Ford Center at the Star. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I guess Coach Hyde lost the coin flip on this one because yeah. they're playing in 
at Frisco. Yeah, I'm I think they with do. Vega, man. I, I think they're they, they found a little uh, hot streak there at the end, and uh, I'm going to roll with Coach Hyde and his guys. Yeah, um, yeah. La Vega seven and four. They've definitely played a really tough schedule. Nine point loss at Stephenville. Three point loss at China Spring. Eight point loss at Connolly. Then an eight point loss at Midlothian Heritage. No no slouches on that list. And they've done. They've got some dominant wins over against some really good teams. Uh, Kennedale, Lorena, Yoakum. Had a 21-point victory last week against Dunbar. But uh, I think I think Panther Creek's going to be too much for them. Panther Creek, I think they're the second newest school in this Frisco ISD, and they've been dominant. Their only loss was a 17-point loss uh, to Emerson, uh, which is a 5A Frisco school, which is – their quarterback there is Mike Hawkins, the mm-hmm. former quarterback at Allen. Uh, so, and ever since then, they've rattled off eight straight victories. They were dominant against Coffin last week. They got a, a district win over Salina to secure their unbeaten district title there. Uh, I think Frisco Panther Creek. I don't think they dom- I don't think they win big. I don't think they blow La Vega out. But I think they win pretty comfortably here. So we will take. I'll take Panther Creek, and you have La Vega. What says uh, Curtis? He's got Panther Creek. And looks like that will do it for our area round preview. A lot of great games this week and a lot of potential great matchups just around the horizon for the third and fourth round of the playoffs. Kenny, just one simple question. What game are you most excited for in this area round? Um, It's a tough one. There's a lot of of good ones. (laughs) The one I'm most excited for is – Probably Whitney Tatum because uh-huh. I am from Whitney, but yeah, uh, man, there's a bunch of good ones. Uh, you know that La Vega Panther Creek, I think, is going to be a good one. China Spring Anna, like if I'm going to go, that's pay the one. That's the one game, for me. Probably going to pay to go watch that. My, mine's either China Spring or Anna, or again, probably that. Uh, Coleman Marlin game in Stephenville. That's going to be a knockdown drag. I, actually, you know, what? I'm probably going to go with Col- Coleman Marlin. I think that will be my game to watch as well. Uh, but I will be at the Whitney Tatum game on Friday night. I'll be broadcasting that one over on Facebook Live at the Whitney Wildcat Sports Network. If you want to tune in uh, to that one, Whitney and Tatum Friday night at Dallas Kincaid Stadium. Where will you be at on Friday night? Well, Thursday night I will be watching Pottsboro Grandview on NFHS and. Friday night I will be up in Oklahoma deer hunting. So I have to okay. watch that game. All the games on NFHS yeah. or Texan Live, which whichever one. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to, I'm gonna miss this week and uh hopefully be back next week to watch some football. And let us know where you're gonna be uh this Thursday, Friday night, wherever uh your team is playing at. Let us know where you're gonna be. Interact with us on social media. We're on Instagram uh and Twitter at CTFP Podcast. Like us on Facebook on our Central Texas Football Podcast page. Or you can email us at CTFP Podcast at gmail.com. That's CTFP Podcast at gmail.com. And that will do it for us here on the area round preview. Any parting words, Mr. Kenny Heath? Hey, y'all go watch some football, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next week. And thank you for tuning in to the Area Round Preview of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks to our guests today, Toller Head Football Coach Jeremy Mullins, Lexington Head Football Coach Kirk Mull, and then Matt Stepp, as always, for the question of the week, and then to Parker Ream of KWKT Channel 44 in Waco, and then to Curtis Quillen for joining us on the Weekly Pick'ems. And th- again, thank you for tuning in to the Area Round Preview. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox, and we will see you next week for the Region Semi Preview on the Central Texas Football Podcast. We'll talk to y'all next week. But if you make enough wrong turns, it'll be hard to miss. Ought to be a bridge somewhere they could dedicate to me. I'd probably come to the ceremony.